Okay. Hi, guys, and welcome to the Alternative Movement Podcast. My name's Craig. I'm your host today, and this is a place where we talk all things adaptive training. So today, we've got our first guest, Josh Williams. Josh, welcome. Hey. Hey. How you doing, buddy? You okay? Good, good. Um, Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Glad to be your first. Fantastic. Cool. (laughs) Um, Cool. Okay. So, I mean, this is our first podcast today we're doing. Um, ultimately what we're looking at doing with these podcasts is talking to different individuals um, with different conditions different disabilities and talking to them about uh, their life what they've done up until this point and the types of training they're doing and types of adaptive training and workouts they've been doing Josh um, we're just going to find out a little bit about you and dig a little bit deeper into um, who you are and what you're about so uh, my first question to you really Josh is uh, tell me a little bit about yourself tell me your story up until this point yeah man so basically um Josh from North Wales. Um, I live in a quite a small town, so as you can imagine, growing up, um, I was quite quite well known um, for not sort of being the only disabled person there. But I was quite. I've always been brought up to like get out and do things. Um, like I've always been that determined sort of profile person. Um, so through the years, um, I've just become like well-known in a way mm-hmm. uh, because I've never let my disability get in the way. Um, gone through mainstream schools. Uh, it was mad growing up because mm-hmm. sort of, you think being disabled in a small town kind of wouldn't fit in. Yeah. I've done quite the opposite. Um, I went to school, my first school, made friends um, instantly. I went to primary, same again, made friends straight away. It's a bit weird, because um, obviously I was different to everyone else. Mm-hmm. So in my, it may have seemed like it took longer to fit in, but it was a breeze. Mm. Um, so could you tell us a little then, bit about your condition, please, Josh? Uh, my condition mm. is quite rare. Uh, I'm not quite sure on the statistics, but I'm 24 years of age. Mm-hmm. And I met one person with the exact same condition. Wow. So that goes to show. Um, there's many different variants. So my condition is called arthrogryposis, um, which means I've got fixed joints um, down to my fingers, my knees. Any joint you can think is fixed. So very, very limited range of motion. Yeah. Um, I can walk, but I'm in a crouched position. So mm. it's as if I walk. Like I'm squatting. Does that make sense? Yes, um, yes. But from that, I'm deaf in both ears. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can tell, my voice is different uh, because I've got a shortened neck. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got... Uh, sorry, one second. That's okay. <laughs> I've had to do a similar thing. I've locked all my uh, my animals out because they was coming in pestering me as well. That's <laughs> um, but now, like, I'm deaf because the bones in my ears 
they don't oscillate, mm -hmm. um, which is also bad condition. So um, do you have a copular implant? No, I actually have a normal in here, here right? Okay. Because um, the nerve endings all work as normal. Everything else works. It's just them tiny, tiny bones that mm -hmm. don't vibrate. Um, and I've got a scoliosis double. Okay. Um, that has an effect on like my internal organs. So my lungs um, are not formed completely because my ribs are like pressing against mm. the lungs. They've not allowed correct expansion yeah. of the lungs. Um, so I've got some form of asthma mm -hmm. in a way, but it's not asthma. They don't know what it is. So, um, yeah, it's just affected quite a lot of things. Um, club feet, got webbing, the skin. Um, pretty much anything to do with my body structure mm -hmm. is affected. Uh, yeah, so I've had that since birth. It's a genetic problem. Um, none of my family have this. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a one-off. So it's, it's not hereditary? No. Uh, not from what we can gather. Yeah. I've my... I mean, obviously, if it's quite a rare condition, it's uh, probably not something that's had much testing into it, I guess. No. I think it's one in every 10,000 babies has my condition. Wow. But then one in every 10,000 of the babies get my severity. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy, crazy numbers. Well, I mean, from what uh, the conversations we've had prior to this podcast is you've not let this get you down. You've not let this no. stop you in any way. Um, no. Yeah, if you want to tell us a little bit about some of the stuff you've done. Um, a lot of that come from like my parents, my mum. Mm -hmm. um, She's done a lot of it herself. She was a single parent when I was born um, up till I was about four years old. And she was quite young herself. So a lot of my determination comes from my mum um, and my grandma. So my hands were closed as a baby. Um, and they used to lie me on the floor and make me flick like um, <laughs> little plastic ball things and see how far I could like get on and stuff like that. And my mum's always pushed me to be uh, determined and never let it get in my way. So all through my years, if I ever met an obstacle, a physical obstacle, my mum has always either told me not to give up or find a way around it. So that's how kind of made me who I am. Wow. Um, that's really cool. It's, it's always good to have that someone that's inspirational in your life. And obviously yeah. that, that person was your mum and your grandma. She was. Yeah. Um, through my life as well, like, I've met different people, friends. They've all pushed me. Um, my partner, right now she pushes. So mm -hmm. 
I've never really had someone to wrap me up in bubble wrap, mm. which has toughened me up and sort of pushed me to do everything I want. If I could, and if I couldn't, I'll find a way around it. Yeah, you'll adapt, you'll adapt. Yeah. And it's good because, like, at the minute, I'm adapting to different things in life. Again, still, at 24 years of age. And um, if I could, I'm doing it because I want to help people, whoever it is something stupid or something massive hmm. if I'm helping it helps me push so that's it, that's it so you also mentioned about you um you played rugby as well or you play rugby yeah I play rugby um, fantastic I've done all kinds of sports so it come from when I was younger I done squash um, mm-hmm. I think I was like nine ten years old. I tried squash and then I done. It's a tough running. game, squash. Very tough game. It was. It was cool. It's surprising it doesn't look that hard, but you actually play it and uh, you realize how brutal it can be. You're sort of throwing yourself in the squash court when. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it, a good it, cardio cardio workout for it's sure. It's really, really full of cardio. And then obviously I met many challenges with that mm-hmm. because I can't run. So I was having to like sort of. Not give up, but I was, it was getting too much. So mm. then I got involved with horse riding. Oh, wow, okay. Um, that I loved. Like, my family are farmers. So I've been around horses most of my life. So horse riding is something I love. Mm. And then I got scouted for, like trials for GP but the youth GP wow and I was too young for all that too young maybe now I wouldn't think twice about it but I just wanted to be a kid Mm. and it was something I don't regret not doing but you know it's something I would do now if I had yeah. the chance. If you had that opportunity. Um, but yeah, I could have gone to 2012 as a horse wow. rider. That would have gone amazing. Well, you say that there's, you're never too late. You never know when an opportunity might come up again. Could happen at any point, that, and I'm sure you'd probably it. grab it with both hands. That's it, that's it. Hmm. But um, yeah, after that, um, I focused a bit on school, doing hmm. a lot of football. Um, in my K-Walker with my friends on the front um, and then one day obviously I was on Facebook and I got a message of a lad that had the same condition and the same wow. problems as me um, saying like there was um, a, an open event close to me mm-hmm. for wheelchair rugby so I said, oh, okay. Went to check it out. And ever since then, I've never looked back. That's amazing. I've and I think that's the beauty just, of social media as well. It's, it's putting 
people like this in connection, like someone that yeah. you thought you was you was a one in a million, like you're you're a rare case, and there's no one else oh, like yeah. you, and and to have someone oh. contact you online, like, yeah, that's amazing. I was fourteen, fourteen years of age, and I thought it was only only me, like with my condition. So that sort of changed everything for me, mm. and then I ended up going to this open event in Chester, which was like 20 minutes away from me. And I met my friend, Miles Pearson, um, who was getting ready for the Paralympics himself, which was cool. Um, so it got me involved. And then I was too young at the time to play mm. that dual medal because of health and safety. Oh, absolutely. I'd imagine, or judging so, by the name Murderball, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound yeah. like the safest game in the world, but you know. Well, that's it. So I kind of trained for about a year mm. and then I got to change things around so I could actually play, mm. which is good. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And then about 12 months later, I got trials for Team GB, but the development side to all of it. Mm -hmm. So I went for it, got selected. And from then I just grafted, grafted, um, been to Poland, Prague, all major European tournaments mm -hmm. with the development squad. And then that sort of set me up for life. So, obviously, when I turned 18, things went sour. I stopped playing for a short while, um, which I'm good about because I missed out on Team GP trials. Mm. Um, but it happens. You're not going to win everything. You're not going to get everything. No, exactly. But now exactly. I learned from that. Um, went away, sorted myself out, got back into the gym, and that sort of put me on path. So now I'm looking to get, obviously, Tokyo, post-Tokyo, see where I can get mm. for Paris, or maybe just after. So that's my sort of goal. That's your goal for the next yeah. few years to work towards that. That's awesome. Yeah, as I say, that's probably put you in a better position now because uh, you say that you, you don't regret and I, I would never regret any decision you've made. You made it for a reason at the time and that decision not to continue um, was probably right for you at that point. And it's probably put you in a stronger mindset today because of that. Um, and you sort of answered my next question was what was sort of got you into training and... Uh, Obviously, you said about your grandma and your mum, and that was it. You started training probably from quite an early age, probably yeah. younger than most of us do, because you've had to do these physical therapy um, yeah. style sessions from uh, from very early on. That's it. I think that like it sounds weird, but my disability set me up to become an athlete. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Like, what would normally limit someone mm. has given me the ability. It's given you to, that opportunity. 
Yeah. Whereas, um, um, whereas a lot of people don't always take them opportunities because I don't know, maybe where you have got that potential barrier, you've always had to try a little bit harder than anyone else. And it's made you more it. determined. It's made you more hungry and passionate for, yeah. for your goals and, and to achieve them. That's it. And like I've always said, um, if it weren't for my disability, I still probably would be some form of athlete, mm. but I wouldn't be half the person I am today no. if it weren't for my disability. And like people don't realise the lessons you learn being disabled. Like you don't take things for granted. No, I, I, the world is a very, very different place. I mean, from my point of view, I mean, I, I work with a lot of guys um, with various conditions, and uh, and just talking to them alone, it's sort of it's very eye opening. Uh, some of the troubles I have to deal with on a day to day basis, yes. and whether that's down to I know um, one of my one of my clients said the other day, he was joking around, he was like, uh, "It's raining outside." He had his umbrella, and he's in a wheelchair. And uh, he said, right, what do I do now? <laughs> and obviously, I, I, I've never really thought of that. And it's like, oh, my God, you, like, how do you hold an umbrella and, and use a wheelchair at the same time? And it's uh, little things like that and tackling doors. How do you tackle yeah. the door? And um, and the way sometimes people perceive you as well. Um, I've noticed it. Um, I, I always try and make a very big habit of uh, if I have a new client joining me to and, and potentially their parent or their carer would bring them along to uh, to talk to the client. Because a lot of the times yeah. people talk through someone else to you and it's like yeah this this person is a person they can communicate just because they're in a wheelchair it doesn't mean they're well, um, unable to to interact that's like that's a massive massive problem with like things these days people think like because someone's disabled you can't talk to them about what their needs are like mm -hmm. i guess you've got professionals who probably know what you need but sometimes you miss things like I'm I'm severely like independent so I couldn't have a carer no. I no I don't want one but I feel like if I was a carer I wouldn't do things for myself mm. the things that maybe I don't enjoy doing but the things that put me the way I am, like, hmm. make me determined. Yeah, it's that, it's that independence, the independence yeah. you want, and you don't like, always want to feel like you have to rely on someone else. Yeah, I mean, even though they're massive, massive limitations, I probably could do with a carer to do that, but taking away that would take away my determination hmm. to be as normal as I can. Absolutely. And I think that's... Absolutely. That sometimes it gets mixed up with some carers. Like, mm. I get they're doing us a favour, but sometimes it takes away. Mm. Sometimes but, the help can be a hindrance at the same yeah. time, because yeah. it's almost like, rather than in the small tasks, it might be the case of getting something from the other side of the room. Yeah. Like, where, it, yeah, it might be a little bit challenging to, to do this task, but if you don't do it, ultimately you're going to find regression within your... Yeah condition because you're not moving you're not keeping strong you're not yeah. keeping active because someone else is doing even though it seem very small um in the long term that 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 one percent help they give you every time builds up and yeah yeah for sure, for sure you, completely. like for me um i can walk 
but not brilliant. Mm-hmm. So I walked like I'm, like I said before, I walked like I crouch, mm-hmm. like I'm squatting. So, little things for me is when I walk, I'm in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. But my pain will never get worse. But it'll never get better. Mm-hmm. So for me, little things like put the fuel in the car. Because you drive as well. You drive. Yeah. Also, which is uh, something uh, people may not quite understand if you, if you no. do use the wheelchair. You, you can drive. Yeah. And like, again, I'll go on to that, but there's a lot of confusion mm. when I drive. You see a lot of con- people confused when they see me get out of the car. Mm-hmm. Thinking, like, he's disabled while he's in a car. But yeah, like, and driving and putting fuel in the car or popping into the shop to get a drink. If I can, I will. If I can't, I'll get the wheelchair out. It's finding balance. Like I've accepted I'm always going to be in pain. Mm-hmm. But I'm always going to be able to walk if I carry on walking. Whereas if I stop walking, the pain will be there. Mm-hmm. I won't be able to walk because my legs would have got weaker. That's sort of a thing for me. Mm-hmm. I could get a carer. My partner could do those things for me to make my life easier. But I know if she used to do that all the mm-hmm. time, I'll lose the ability to walk. Yeah. Because my legs would have got used to doing nothing yeah they lose strength it's the same as anyone else if I, if I was to stop training or exercising um i would lose strength i would lose strength in my legs and like, yeah. fortunately i don't have any conditions which would uh, make that worse but if if i was to then that may impede my ability to walk and well, yeah but for yourself obviously that would uh that would mesh mess you up a lot more um yeah. because of the underlying conditions as well um Wow, yeah, it's, it's these little things that we don't really think of um, no. that, that you have to tackle on a daily basis. Um, so um, what is something that people often uh, misunderstand about yourself, would you say? There's so many things people misunderstand. Like, one of the main things is, like, at the minute, I've got a partner, two kids. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're out about, people don't, see us as a family they probably think like she's my sister or my carer and stuff like that and it's frustrating because a lot of people think have you got a partner like we're disabled we're not like we're not something just there with we've got feelings we're normal people which yeah. is what's different. So we feel the same. And some people don't see the disability. So that's something that people misunderstand. Like they might not think that I could have children or be a parent because I'm wheel- in a wheelchair, unable to do normal things a parent would be able to potentially do, like carry a child or uh, chain and happy so stuff like that mm. people might misunderstand um, and and do you find yourself 
ever becoming angry at that fact that people have misunderstood this about yourself or are you um, quite understanding that there's not necessarily people uh being horrible or judging you but maybe just a little bit of a just misunderstanding think, or a bit of naivety um i got frustrated i wouldn't say i quite get angry but i got frustrated frustrated because it is really hmm. really frustrating but i suppose you, ta you tackle the same sort of questions quite regularly in, yeah. in regards to that um but i've always said i'd rather people ask than wonder mm -hmm. so if you're gonna think that i can't have a, a girlfriend or i can't do something like driving again um if you're gonna sit there i wonder and then say things without asking then yeah i'll get hungry or i'll get disappointed or frustrated. Mm -hmm. If you're considered an ask, then that's one less person who's educated, like not educated to be able to say well, but we can do these things. And mm -hmm. um, another thing is like I'm quite educated. So I got A's, B's and C's, GCSEs, and I, I went on to do further education. Um, I've done business studies and engineering. Um, and now I'm still learning to do things like personal training and stuff. And when I of talk- course, um, you, you told me as well that you're, um, you're doing your personal training course, which is amazing. Yeah, um, that's part of like a massive thing that I want to do in life. At the minute, so um, I want to help like you are, um, disabled people and normal people understand people like myself, um, with all these myths, mis understandings mm. in life. And I think I think it's very much needed because um, throughout my years and my research, there's nothing really out there mainstream um, for folks with disabilities. Um, well, so, I mean, you've got the the Paralympics, of course, or the Golden Worlds, but that's mm -hmm. it. That is it. Mm. There's nothing else. It's very like, limited, sort of like clubs. Um, I mean, I know of one club in my area which do frame football, um, which I've had a couple of clients that I've trained from there, and I go and watch them play occasionally as well. Um, but yeah. other than that, I don't really know any. Um, I mean, there is activity centres and stuff, but nothing really sports related or, or exercise fitness related as yeah. such in regards to like strength training, um, which I feel is like a no. massive aspect that needs to be addressed. When there is, when you find someone that's like predominantly for disabled people, it's either, no offence to but it's either pussyfooting around them mm -hmm. and taking the money or it's expensive like mm -hmm. it, it's the thing with disabled stuff because not many people can provide it they take advantage of the mm -hmm. marketing so <clears throat> a lot of people think if you're disabled government pays for everything initially they do but they don't you're not loaded 
being disabled. Mm-hmm. You're not well off. Um, you get your car paid for, but that's a deduction of your monthly payments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying it's bad because there are a lot of pits being disabled. But when you've got people taking advantage of needs because they can, mm-hmm. that's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's stupid. And I've, I've found, as, as you rightly said, um, there is a lot of advantages uh, financially through government um, in regards to if you have a, have a disability. But at the same time, I've found that they don't always funnel that fund into the right avenues. Um, yeah. Whereas I've seen through the work I do um, with the guys I work with, a lot more beneficial than necessarily having that funds going towards potentially a carer for the day or or. Yeah. For eight hours a day, um, which they, they're just paid to sort of sit with them. And once again, it's not discrediting any work that any carers do. Um, but if you can improve the quality of life, potentially through strength training with uh, with an individual, and it and it alleviates the pressure with them, it alleviates pressure with their families, their parents, their, their carers, um, ultimately that's going to save money in the long run for the uh, for the government. Yeah. And I feel that's like that's where, that's where I've wanted to come in and I've really wanted to start to... Uh, find my place within this industry and that's to uh and to, to provide that service that's you know yeah. that's going to help people long term as opposed to that short term yeah i don't want to use the term babysitting service but um i feel like sometimes it can almost be that babysitting service with uh yeah. with some so. and like that sort of not my goal but it is uh, essentially i want to work within the community uh, to begin with, um, which which will sort of not boost everything, but I want to work with the council to get things in place for people with all abilities. Yeah. Um, and like what I've noticed, a lot of gyms they don't essentially accommodate for disabled people in a weird way. So like there's a couple of machines you can use, but I found some of the machines, if you're too small, too short, or you've not got the ability to excuse me, um got the ability to move freely, then it's you know, can't get on it. You can't do stuff like that. So at first I want to work and get like a wheelchair-based fitness and strength and conditioning or whatever class or help. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, it's all like circuit training based. Not equipment, but that sort of area where if you're in a wheelchair then you don't have to worry about having to move or not be able to reach or yeah because you can do it all from your wheelchair yes um, and from that I want to then work towards having my own not anytime soon but I want to open my own gym Wow. That's simply for 
adaptive training. Um, and that's my sort of goal for what I want to do. Because um, I know if I was to have a gym, not excluding normal people, but targeting people with difficulties or differences, they could come and feel comfortable. Yeah. They can so, 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 so potentially, not, obviously, not excluding people. But um, being, as you said, more specific to that demographic, yeah. and um, not that any, like an able body person wouldn't be welcome, but this gym caters to everyone, but specifically this yeah. this group of this pool of people, and that would be amazing right. because I don't really know any gyms around my area that do that, um, and <laughs> and I've searched, I've searched. There is places that offer some services as we've uh, as we spoke about, but uh, nothing specifically. And as you say, strength and conditioning, um, which is you know, it's it's there, very important. There is one place um, that is specifically for disabled people. Um, you might have heard of them in Leicester. The is it Hampton Foundation? Yes, yes. Um, um, I've, I think James I follow, I've, I've, yeah, I follow them on uh, Instagram. Um, I talk to James a lot and mm -hmm. he's helping me um, with a lot of things. Because he, uh, he suffers with uh, dystonia, doesn't he? he yes. Um, yeah, that's it. He's got very um, tight um, speech is affected. Yeah, and his work is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And like, he's, I was driven for it before and but obviously I've seen all the work he's doing. And like, now what you're doing has just got me really really eager to really pumped yeah i mean with, with yeah. james I, fo I follow him as well and i see some of his stuff and uh it just goes to show that like you like there's no the only barrier is yourself is your mindset and if, if yeah. you believe you can do something because i know he has issues with like communication with speech uh yeah. obviously tightness tightness within his hands um but he doesn't let him back and he's found a way to adapt and and approach his clients that works for him and and it and it works and he's done very well. He's become very successful. Um, and to, to to watch someone like himself do it, it sort of it takes out them them excuses that that I know I've made in the past as to why I haven't done something. Yeah. I'm like you know what, this guy can do it. I can do it as well. And I'm sure you probably feel the same. That's it. I think um, I've always like been proactive with what what I do with things. So. I'm just really determined to sort of make a difference. Um, and even if I don't make a difference for myself, but for just one person, then I've done what I've trained to do all this time. So, 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 so great goal to have. That's always been my goal. I sound a little bit cheesy when I say this to people. I say, look, I don't care about making loads of money. Um, or being successful, if I can get to the end of my life and, and know that I've had an impact on some people and, and, and changed some yeah. people's life for the better, um, I'm happy. I'm, I'm pumped. That's it. And that's something I want. I like, I've always said for years, I don't want to work for someone. So, like, yeah. this is a perfect sort of job for me because <laughs> it's what I love doing. And I only know I'm going to love it more if I'm helping people doing 
what I do. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, what would you say? So what's something important in life that you've learned? And what was life like before learning it? That would be my next question. Um, that was a really, really hard Because <laughs> I shot that one so, over to you and I didn't know if you uh, struggled yeah, with that yeah. one. Because it's a tough one. These questions are tough. Yeah, I think through, through my life, um, I've always been a winner. Um, sounds really good-headed, but I've always been someone that's been high high with life um, mm -hmm. and that sort of was where I was going with my answer growing up I was nothing was wrong I was sorry I had surgery I had knockbacks but they were never really something to lock me back um, and then once I started growing up there was more than just a physical challenge, those emotional challenges, um, setbacks in sports, um, life. I wasn't used to losing. So that I learned that nothing is concrete. So what I mean by that is if you're winning, it's not going to last forever. So you have to keep pushing. Um, and same with if you're at the lowest point. That doesn't mean it's going to be there forever. Um, and that sort of... I was struggling with that at first. When things went wrong, it went really wrong. Mm. And I think because I was so used to, like, nothing going wrong, I took it wrong. And took it really bad. Mm. So I stopped training, started doing things I never thought I'd do, like drinking and stuff like that. I really let myself go. Um, but then I remembered who I was, what I'd done. And then I started going again, started pushing, started winning. And that's where I learned. Nothing is concrete. And after that, I kind of don't let myself get to that point where I give up. Um, if I feel like I'm having a bad day, I go to the gym or I do my routine, like shower, clean myself up, chill out, junk food, watch a film, and just self-care, look after myself. And then the next day, I picked myself up. And that's because I know for a fact, tomorrow's a new day. And today is just a bad day and it's not concrete. And tomorrow it'll be fine. And that sort of, that's given me a better outlook in life. That's a very good attitude because you always, um, from my experience with some clients, um, especially in regards to nutrition, it would be the case of uh, I've had a bad day today. My diet's messed up. That's it. I'm just going to go off the rails again. What's the point? Whereas you've just had one bad day. And as you've just rightly said, tomorrow is a completely new day. Let's start again. Let's start again. Let's see if we That's can it. do this. And we get, there's going to be more bad days. There's always going to be something thrown in oh, the yeah. path, but we can't well, control what happens in life. All we can control is um, how we react to them situations. 
And that's it. Like, without them bad days, you'll never appreciate the good days. And that's kind of what happened because when I was younger, I was always winning. I'd become cocky and thought I was untouchable. And I was very wrong. Very, very wrong. But now it's appreciative. I've got a family, got a roof over my head. I, I can drive. I'm chasing my dream. My life isn't bad. I'm just having a bad day. I completely agree. That's uh, it's very, very true. So, um, Josh, tell me what inspires you. What inspires you? Um, again, I'm going to sound really cocky. Go for it. Well, I inspire myself simply because my challenges. Sorry. I go off. And now you find you back on. Three <laughs> yeah. just went back um, for a second. The amount of challenges I've faced in my life would crumble people, um, physical and emotional. Um, and I've never given up. I've been close to it, but I've never given up. Um, I've always pushed on. And that, to me, is my biggest inspiration. Um, but like many people inspired me. My grandma was poorly, um, very poorly. She had COPD. Mm -hmm. So as you can imagine, she was bed bound a lot of time. And she never gave up. She was up, she was happy. She fought till the end. And that, <clears throat> that inspires me to like, sort of follow her footsteps. You know, she she never she could never breathe, but she was still getting out of bed and cooking food or going to the shop, even if she couldn't cope with herself being that tired and out of breath. She carried on, and that inspires me. Um, my mum, my dad, my sisters. More my mum because obviously my biological dad left her to deal with me on my own at a very young age. And she cracked on. She gave me everything I needed. She looked after me. Um, she gave up her life for me. And that inspires me because not many kids or young adults would do that. The, someone mm. you know so she dedicated her life to yourself yeah so it's like almost that, quite 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 important for yourself not to not to waste up. that opportunity your mother's giving yeah. you and like that's why i'm doing what i do because i want to give her back mm. what she gives me and then finally like my, my partner and two kids i want to make them proud and they inspire me to give them the life, you know, better life. Mm. And give them everything so, like, we can be happy. Not that we're not happy, mm. but stable and 
do things that we want to do um, as a family or as a partner relationship. And it all boils down to family, really. Um, a lot of my inspiration comes from family and myself. Because without them, I wouldn't be who I am today. Exactly, man. Exactly. I completely agree. And um, obviously, hopefully you give your children the same mindset as uh, as your mother has given you and uh, your that's grandmother's it. given you as well. And uh, I think that's all we can hope for in life is that we we inspire others as they have inspired us. And that's it. Like, I know, I've, I know if I've given my children a strong mindset to never give up and do what's right by them, then I know I've done right by life. It's amazing, man. Honestly, inspirational. Josh, I think you've uh, you've pretty much been an awesome first guest, to be honest, man. You've, uh, you've yes. come on, you're inspirational, you're motivated, you know, you've got a uh, you, you've you've got all the all the things that I'm looking at doing in life and and my yeah. goals and my aspirations of helping others and I can hear that in yourself and it's just a I say I'm a few years ahead of you in the game yeah. but um you know you you've not let anything get you down you've not let your disability get you down and um, no. yeah it's awesome to have uh, spoken to you today mate just for having me honestly cool. um, like well um I yeah, was sorry. quite quite nervous at first because I've never done it before but yeah. it was easy. It's a conversation, man. And that's what, that's what I want to keep. This is a conversation, super casual. Uh, and we're just talking about experiences. We're talking about um, your point of view on life, uh, my point of view on life, and, you know, and ultimately trying to help other people. Josh, you've been amazing. Um, I'm going to yes. uh, end the podcast there. That was awesome work. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see your progression. And obviously you uh, said you want to inspire other people. So um, if you want to tell everyone your Instagram handle so people can follow you, if they yeah, want to yeah. see um, your progression. It's Josh Williams underscore 15. Cool. Um, I'll put the link in the bio anyway. So if anyone yeah. wants to check out some of Josh's stuff, um, please do. Please head on over to his Instagram page and check out what he's doing and uh, follow him on his journey. Guys, peace out and have a great day.